Hi, welcome to 52 and 52. I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. And today we're going to be talking about Mississippi Grind and Burnt. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast before, our name is 52 and 52. Um, signals that we try to see one movie a week and uh, one for all 52 weeks in the year. And we've been making pods about it. Um, so this week, we, like I said, we saw Mississippi Grind and we saw Burnt. It actually worked out that we saw both of them this weekend because they're kind of both about self-destructive people. Um, I think that's an interesting correlation between the two. But we're going to talk about them separately. Uh, I think we're going to talk about Burnt first. And Josh is going to go ahead and give you guys a plot synopsis for it. And uh, we're going to go from there. Yeah, so Burnt is a movie about um, a chef. Uh, played by Bradley Cooper, and he kind of uh, has had a, we kind of pick up, and he's had a very, it's Im, it's implied that he's had a very self-destructive past, but he has kind of, involving drugs, alcohol, not treating people well, the whole the whole nine yards when any kind of person for, in any line of work or life just hits rock bottom, and they do a pretty good job, I'd say, of conveying that pretty fast in the movie without, like, having to give us a ton of exposition. And then in the whole there, and then going forward, it's about him trying to kind of turn his life around and return and become a top chef again. He's very highly rated, has a based on a European three star system. He's a two star chef, which is we're told is very impressive in his own right. But he wants to become a three star chef, and by and do so by kind of starting his own restaurant and uh, or starting his own kitchen. It's a restaurant owned by someone else, but he has kind of a, a, someone that kind of invests in him and gives him the opportunity to put together this restaurant. And it's movies is kind of about him trying to kind of put everything together and put together a a kitchen staff and try and, uh, make something very special in his kitchen, despite his kind of self-destructive tendencies. And it's about him fighting back against that fight and kind of dealing with people in his past and new people in his present and just kind of I'd say just trying to, I, I know it's it's very simple, but that's pretty much what it is. He's trying to um, just forget all the bad stuff that's happened about him and kind of move forward. But it's really, it can't really be that simple if you're a recovering addict with a lot of issues in your past. And the critics really hated this movie. And um, we've and, uh, Anthony and I have gone to see a lot of movies this year where we still knew the Rotten Tomato score was low going in and we were prepared to hate something and we still really hated it, or even stuff we were prepared to hate that was much highly rated and like Bridge of Spies, and <laughs> we did end up not liking it. So like, but like, still, there hasn't been a ton where there's only been a couple I'd say that were as kind of critically panned as this that I kind of um, left the movie like not kind of agreeing with the critics for the most part. But like, I this wasn't really a great movie by any means, but I don't quite understand the hate for it, and I think you're kind of with me on that, uh, Anthony. What were your kind of thoughts overall on this one? Yeah, I it wasn't as bad as uh, as we both expected. I think that there was a lot of plot or a lot of story that was untapped. Um, but to me, that was sort of the interesting thing is like the the story to me, all the different layers of it were super interesting, even if they didn't really talk about every character or every background of character. Not even that they didn't even. Not even that they didn't develop characters. I just thought that there was even more of a story they could have told if they wanted to, or different stories they could have told within the same um, character line. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if I was thinking there when I was watching, wondering if I'm just not watching it as critically as other people did. But I don't. I don't think that's true. I, I feel like I since I feel like since we've started this podcast, we've done a pretty good job of trying. I mean, even though we have kind of hated on some movies that most people liked, we've done a pretty good job of 
being open-minded about things. And yeah, I was just kind of like, I was like, this isn't blowing me away. I'm not loving this, but I'm getting a lot more out of this than I was prepared to based on everything that I had seen. Some of the things that the critics, I, I tried not to delve too deeply into the reviews because I didn't really have the time today afterward, but I looked at a couple and then looked at more blurbs on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of them were just kind of saying this is just too conventional. I felt like I knew I was go- what, I was, what was going to happen the whole time. Bradley, I didn't buy Bradley Cooper as this. Um, some complaining that like, oh, I can't believe he ends up with the girl. I thought he'd be able to resist the charm. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Sienna, Sienna Miller kind of plays the is essentially the female lead of this movie and was actually in Mississippi Grind too, which we're going to talk about later. But that was those were just some of the things. And all the writers were patting themselves on the back for saying this was a half baked movie, and, <laughs> overcooked, yeah, overcooked and stuff like that with the with the whole burnt th- with, the, with the title. And it, it was it was a lot of that over and over again. They didn't buy Cooper as the chef, and I don't know. Maybe part of it is that I, I I'm pretty sure you don't. I know I don't consume a lot of food television even though that's a very big thing these days. So I think when people, whether it be, I guess, Gordon Ramsay's like the big guy that like is known as having kind of a little bit of a temper, so everyone's going to, that's more familiar with him than we are maybe, maybe they just want to criticize it and they feel like they're ripping him off by just portraying a chef in the first place that has a temper tantrum occasionally. Um, it's, I mean, I, and it was inevitably also going to get some comparisons to Chef, uh, John Favreau's movie from a couple years ago, which is, critically adored i think it's in the high 80s on rotten tomatoes which i really enjoyed but like this was still kind of trying to do something a lot different than that movie was trying to do so i wasn't like immediately trying to compare everything to it yeah as far as the like reality tv chef stuff i didn't i didn't think that one time during the movie i just thought it was a character and and him having responses to situations of the whatever he was dealt i didn't i didn't really even compare it to chef chef was I really like Chef too, but I, I mean, like you said, I thought this movie stood out on its own, even with its flaws. Yeah, I mean, it was trying to tell a different story. First of all, well, neither movie is really like a high stakes movie in that way. Like, it's sure, this is in Chef. There's even kind of less conflict throughout. It was just so fun to look at. I think, and the yeah. few performances were enjoyable, and you just kind of like got to enjoy them make really good looking food. And here, they're not making food that I'm really that interested in eating, for the most part. Like, it's this, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of really fancy, upscale restaurant with all these dishes that, like, have enough food on them that would, like, I could eat in one bite, and I'd be like, okay, what's next? But wait, I've already spent $40 on this? Like, it, it was that kind of thing? So... I'm really not there to try and just look at food porn, if you will. I'm there to kind of be invested in these characters and what they're doing. And I mean, I thought this movie did it with mixed results, but like mixed results deserves a little more than 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, in my opinion. Yeah, I I guess people might have been upset or didn't think they did justice to like the like food credits coming into restaurants and like how serious it is. And they kind of made it a little showy and like, oh, someone's here. We need to make sure the food is good and... I don't know. I, I guess I was watching it more as a character piece rather than rather than okay, a, well, a food movie. It was like this this dude. It's a story about this guy, and the setting is that he's a chef rather than the opposite. When you say it's a character piece, like what did you think of? And we may as well like I mean talk about like Bradley Cooper then because I mean we have other stuff to talk about besides performances, but like this is totally his thing. I mean it's and really and it's I mean it's more probably on him like I mean I guess American Sniper was that too but he a lot of the movies he's gotten a lot of acclaim for he's been part of an ensemble in some parts and even some of the ones that he's been in this year that flopped like Aloha he was part of a larger group but this is this is his story and I think some of the criticism was that like I just I just didn't buy 
am. And like I said, part of that might be these people trying to compare him to reality TV chefs. But, I mean, what did you think about his performance? I thought he was pretty good, honestly. One of the better male leads of the year. I mean, the writing wasn't, like, super deep or super, um, what do you say, like, theoretical or anything. But I thought he played it really well. And it was, like, a very performance that had to be, like, uh, a lot of range, a lot of different emotions he had to play. Um, I think he does like the he does like the deadpan stuff really well and yeah the asshole really well. I don't. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, for me, it wasn't like one of his best ones, but it wasn't like anything where it was like I still. I, I honestly still think my favorite of his from the last few years is American Hustle, which I know you didn't love as a movie, but I thought there was just a lot more to this guy here. They were just trying to. I did think they were going for more of like the stereotypical like asshole bad guy whatever chef and and i don't know if they like you said maybe the writing wasn't there to kind of make that quite as uh nuanced as you would have liked but i i realized as i was watching it like yeah it might not be the most compelling character he's played in the last few years but like i'm just enjoying spending time with bradley cooper doing his thing like it wasn't like he was noticeably bad and i just found myself like when i'm like i'm not why am i not hating this movie as much as i expected to it's because i just like spending time with him and as long as he's being doing his thing in some way i'm probably just going to enjoy it because a lot of it's just him walking around having conversations with different people that and having to play yes different modes like you said but i thought it wasn't it wasn't as complex of a written character as some of the other things he's had to do but like i still think he's good enough and he's a good enough actor that like as long as he's not like completely mailing it in like maybe he kind of did an aloha and like he did in that movie that went straight to vod with jennifer lawrence selena or serena like serena yeah, serena yeah. it sounds like there's like stuff like that that he's done but like he's still like playing what he's written really well even if i thought maybe there could have been ways in which he was written to be a little just a little more than kind of what we within what he was like he's still like it's still fun just watching him bounce off of different people yeah i i mean i bought it i don't really know why why other people wouldn't buy it i'm not really sure what like it's it's so much more different than tom hanks to me as like someone that it's hard to unsee tom hanks as tom hanks when you're watching a movie I don't really feel that way about Cooper. I mean, he's not that. Not saying he's not like a big movie star. I just think that he has done really well being different characters and not being like typecast. Really, I I, I agree with that, and I also think that it's just, and part of it's also just. Like, I, I do think he does a good job of becoming a different person, like whether it be in Silver Linings Playbook or American Hustle or American Sniper, like he, he does become a completely different person in each of those. But also like it is like while I'm saying I wish the writing could have been a little better, like it's still a hell of a lot better than something like Bridge of Spies where it's like we knew what that Tom Hanks character was going to do every single time throughout the movie. Like at least this guy's more complex than that. Like he could go in, off in a bunch of different ways. And I did think maybe his uh, his first outburst at the kitchen, like he, they have a big night at the restaurant where they're opening and. I kind of like, I was like, all right, well, I kind of knew that was going to happen. It's like, it can't go this smoothly throughout the whole entire movie. Like something bad's going to happen. And maybe that was a little over the top at times, but like, it's also kind of necessary to show us like how he got to that point. Like you can't just like kind of yeah. tell us like, oh, he had some drug problems and he did some stupid stuff. Like you got to show it. And so I, even if I kind of expected that, at least, at least, you know, that this guy could go off his rocker at any moment. And so, like, therefore, you it's a little bit more of a compelling performance because of that alone. Yeah, the one comment I have about both this movie and Mississippi Grind is that although they're not, like, the best movies, they weren't predictable mm -hmm. to me. And not being predictable, whether you pull it off good or bad, is at least interesting. And uh, so for that, I liked it. I did not really know where the plot was going to... I mean, you kind of know like, what's going to happen at the end, I guess, or what his ultimate goal is. But throughout the movie, like, scene to scene... It was 
okay, I don't know what's going to happen. But you didn't exactly this. know how it was going to get there either. Sure, exactly. That's, what, like, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're not going to like have a separate spoiler section for this one. There's like there's this, like one kind of big twist and like and then there's like a couple scenes that follow after that where you're still not exactly sure what's going to happen. Like even if you even if you thought there was going to be a happy ending, they kind of take you in a direction where it's like, "Wait, is he not going to have a happy ending because he because he, he falls off the wagon and yeah and like you're like wow like well we've already heard that this guy spent years just kind of like having to like put his life back together because like is he it's like what direction is this going to go in and i thought that they kind of like it was really good that we got that um last scene with matthew reese um we may as well jump into the other stuff now too because i think we kind of um talked about all we could with bradley cooper but um, this is like a loaded cast for like a movie that was like not exactly made. It's not like it was like a David O. Russell making it. And it's like this guy that's like gotten all these Oscar nominations for all these actors. And like you can understand why people are like lining up to go play with him. This was uh, directed by John Wells, who was like a really big part of ER and Shameless, a couple TV shows. And hadn't really directed any movies besides The Company Men and August Osage County, which I guess he did get a lot of big time players for yeah. that one. But like he, it's it's a loaded cast and with some people with weirdly small roles, but uh, I think that uh, and but like I think they did a pretty good job of like giving them a couple of moments. I would one of my criticisms was maybe that they could have maybe followed through it on it a little more. But um, where where do you want to start with if you were talking about do you want to start with Sienna Miller or Matthew Reese our guy or what I mean, do you Matthew do? Reese or best supporting actor I think right <laughs> and that's the funny thing <laughs> I'm talking about how large this cast is and I Anthony kind of told me like hey I I looked at Rotten Tomatoes to see the listing of the cast and I did not see Matthew Reese on there and he was only in like a split second of one of the trailers and this is Matthew Reese from The Americans. I guess we should kind of specify because not very many people watch that show, even you though should. it's the one of the best shows on TV, in our opinion. And Matthew Reese is the star of that, and we're very excited to see him have a role in a movie. But he's not listed on, like, the 26 people listed on the Rotten Tomatoes page. So we're worried, like, all right, maybe he's just going to be here for a cameo. But he ended up probably being one of the five more, five most prominent characters in this movie, and which is really good because he... He was given a lot to do. He was he played uh, Bradley Cooper's rival. They yeah. kind of started it was out just like his foil, and yeah, they started out together like at the beginning of their time in the restaurant industry, and they obviously went their separate ways and started their own restaurants and became rivals. And uh, has like a, a lot of really good scenes with him. He's um, and I, I was really pleased because it was just such a pleasant surprise. Like I was already expecting to hate the movie, and I'm like <laughs> half the reason we were seeing it was just because Matthew Reese is in it. But then he actually has like. A lot, of, a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. No, no, He was... The thing is, like, they really didn't spend much time with him, but the time they spent with him was maximized, yeah. I think. I'm not really sure what more they could have done to get anything out of him as an actor or him as a character. I think they were both really good, so... <laughs> and we've seen so many movies the last few weeks where it's like, they spend, like... It was like two and a half hours, and like, like for instance, in Bridge of Spies, there's that, there's that CIA agent, and I hate to keep harping back to this, but like that guy was in just as many scenes in that movie. You know, the CIA agent I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, Bridge I know Spies, like about, this yeah. guy that like is giving Tom Hanks orders throughout the movie, and that's mm-hmm. like a two hour and twenty minute movie, and that CIA agent probably gets more screen time than Matthew Reese does in this, and I couldn't tell you one thing about that CIA agent as a person. It's like, for at least for Matthew Reese here, and maybe a couple of the other characters, like they actually ended up like getting a lot out of them in limited moments yeah um so you want to go to sienna miller she was in both movies we saw so yeah um she's been in a lot of movies like the last year she's like i mean i I remember like the first time i heard who she was is like when she was like dating jude law like 10 years ago and i didn't even (laughs) know she was an i didn't even know she was an actress at that point and then 
all of a sudden in the last year, she's been in, uh, I mean, she's been in Foxcatcher, she's been in American Sniper, she's been in Unfinished Business, one of the worst movies we saw this year, <laughs> and she's been in this, and now she's been in Mississippi Grind, and in uh, like in, in some of those movies, like in Foxcatcher and American Sniper, she doesn't really get a ton to do other than be the concerned wife, and um, and uh, that that's on those movies for doing that, but I think one of the interesting things about her for someone that's just in, already in her like she's in her early 30s but now she's just all of a sudden getting all these roles which is pretty cool because a lot of the times like actresses once they get past 30 they don't get stuff to do and she's getting at least she's getting a lot of parts in these movies and she does a really good job of like even if i think those characters are underwritten she's really good at like just becoming a different person like there's a few of those movies it's like i didn't realize it was her until like i don't actually know what her look is like i think i saw her on colbert the other night and i'm like okay that's what she looks like when she's not in character and um, some, some actresses, like you can just, um, like, or some actors or actresses, it's like, they just put on a different look, whether it be like they change their whole appearance and that's all they do, but it, she's British, but she played a, like she, in movies where she's played American, like Foxcatcher and American Sniper, like I'm not distracted by her bad accent or anything like someone like, uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Cara Delvine in um, mm-hmm. in Paper Towns. Like, yep. It was just yeah, bad. Was very and weird. It's like she played like a convincing person from Texas and like Western Pennsylvania in like American Sniper and Foxcatcher, and so like that's really cool. And but here she actually actually had more of a character than just about any of those other movies we're talking about or Mississippi Grind. And uh, I think she played it very well. Like she, it was some uncomfortable scenes there too, like where Bradley Cooper's first yelling at her after she messes up when he recruits her to come work at his restaurant. And, uh, like I said, some of the criticisms are like, oh, I can't believe they let, they just like put the woman with the guy. And I thought she'd be able to resist Bradley Cooper's charms, but she couldn't. And I thought that was like a very unfair criticism to level at this movie because they thought they did a pretty good job of establishing why, like, even if he treats her like shit at a couple points, like, aside from that, they do a pretty good job of explaining why these two people would, like, just through developing these characters, you understand why they would be compatible. Sure, yeah. You get the interest they would have in each other and, Mm -hmm. like... I think Bradley Cooper at one point in the movie says, you're the same as me, and that that's why I like you, or something like that. And it's interesting. He didn't have to say that for us to realize no, that. No, no, no. But it, I mean, it was just part of the, the, the yeah. scene, because um, she's like, oh, why are you doing this? And he's like, oh, well, you're just like me. And I thought she did really well. Honestly, Like, I didn't recognize her at first, at the beginning. Like When she came on the screen, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, who's this? European person. <laughs> she looks totally different than she does in Mississippi Grind. Like, yeah, and I was like, oh, and then I was like sitting there for like 20 minutes, I was like, oh, that's who Sienna Miller's playing. Yeah. Um, and I thought she did really well, and like you said, like, she, they captured why, like, character motivation, again, I mean, we're gonna go back to that all the time on this podcast, and it made sense why she was mad, when she was mad at him, why she was mad at him, and when she was friendly with him, why she was friendly with him, and when they were romantically interested in each other, it made sense. Mm-hmm. So, I think they did a good job with that, and I didn't... I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't even think it was problematic to the story, really. I don't know why people would harp on it like that. It wasn't... He wasn't charming. He wasn't sitting there trying to charm her pants off in order to get her. It wasn't anything like that, so... Yeah, and it I, wasn't... But it also wasn't like she just like, oh, I'm in love with you out of nowhere. Yeah, like, no, some no. movies might do that. Like, I didn't think... Yeah, it wasn't it like, didn't. we're moving in together, we're getting married. They're just, like, made out. And they're like, okay, it made sense that they made out right there. Yeah. So, I thought it was fine. Um, how about uh, how about Daniel Brühl? Um, he he played the guy that owned the owned the hotel, I guess, and the restaurant that he ends up going to work at. And uh, you you immediately recognize him from uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, which he does have a pretty 
um, an interesting part in that movie, and I like him there. I, I kind of immediately think of him from Rush, um, where he mm. plays Nicky oh, Lauda. Yep. Um, I didn't then, like Rush very much. Uh, I, I, I did, but uh, I mean, I thought he was good in it. I, I think it's, I mean, if you have problems with that movie as a whole, like, every, he was like the one thing that everyone, of that movie, everyone thought he might get an Oscar nomination and was surprised when he didn't, even though they kind of did category fraud and campaigned him as supporting actor, which might normally work for a lot of people. But like, here he shows up, and um, he had a. I thought like his storyline was one of the more problematic things for me in this movie. I, I like him as a performer, and I thought like he did a lot of things well. But um, for some reason, they feel the need to kind of shoehorn in there that uh, he's gay and he's in love with uh, Adam Jones, who that, that's the name of Bradley Cooper's character. I don't know if we had previously said that, but he's in love with that guy, and that's why he wants to keep giving him the chance to run his restaurant and like. I thought, like, if you want to do this... I, I mean, I'm just not a fan where movies try and make a big deal out of, like, a straight person being in love with a gay person or vice versa. Like, I just don't think there's... There's not a lot of... Like, especially if you're going to do it as a side plot in a movie, like, you're just not going to be able to make that really compelling or worthwhile. And that's kind of what they tried to do here. And I understand why you need to, like... You need to have some reason for him to want to take a chance on this guy, given his past. Like, why turn over your really fancy restaurant to him? But, like, I thought they could have found a better way to do that, and that didn't feel so weirdly shoehorned in. Yeah, no, that was my biggest problem with the movie. And I actually thought, I don't know, he seemed kind of uncomfortable in that role to me a little bit. I didn't really always see him as, like, the right fit for all the scenes he was in. I think he got better as the movie went along, but the first, like, the first, like, three or four scenes he was in, it just didn't seem like he fit, and, like, the whole thing with him being gay... It just seems like an un- unnecessary like plot point to move the plot forward, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. I guess I I kind of took out of it that Bradley Cooper was either bisexual or was gay with, at one point, which, like, that's why when he left and he was mad at him. I don't know. So may- maybe yeah. I guess I guess they. I mean, now they think about it, maybe that was something uh, they were getting at. Like these guys should be smart enough to like not like hold it against. I guess yeah, be, I, mean, I guess you wouldn't hold against a straight guy for not being interested. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's but, why I didn't. But really they kept referring it. to him as being like someone that like went through women like nonstop all the well, time like, at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think okay. Well, I mean, going back to the self-destructive thing, it's like you don't want people to think you're gay, so you sleep with women, kind of thing. So I don't know. I thought that. I mean, I thought that was part of it, but. I, I haven't read anything. I guess I didn't pick up on that so. either, and like I, 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 it wasn't like a thing that really stuck out in the couple reviews I read. But uh, that makes sense. But like, like you said, I, I thought it was kind of un, like a, yeah. like you said, like there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie, and it wasn't there weren't a ton of things that like you like there were things you there weren't things. It sounds like what you were saying was that like there's a lot of stuff going on, and like you liked a lot of what you saw, but like there wasn't anything like you were like. I wish they had totally developed that a little more, but like maybe stuff they could have gotten rid of and focused on other stuff at the same time. And that it would, the time would, uh, this would have been better spent on other things. Yeah. The one, the one character that I wish they had spent more time with was, um, David, I think the kid that he got at the lamb market or yes, whatever, I was gonna get because to that. they, 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 they bring this kid in, they have a nice scene, like two minutes, three minutes together. And he seems like he's going to be, uh, not, an, inter- not an important part of the movie, but just like integral to Bradley Cooper's development as as a character, and they just kind of shoved him in the back after that. Well, that was what, what I was going to get to eventually. It was kind of one of my bigger issues with the movie. Like, you either need to add a little. In my opinion, I would have liked them to have either added time onto the movie or just cut some, cut a little bit of the fat, whether it be like the the Max or David the, yeah. Daniel Brühl storyline or the um, the guy in jail, Max. Well, you're saying you would have cut him or done? Well, yeah, I mean, no, I mean. 
I, that's fine because the fact is I would have liked to have like like I, they had all these nice interesting scenes at the beginning where it's like cool getting the band back together type yeah, scenes and, sure. which is fine and they gave you a good sense of who these people were which is something that like I've been complaining a lot on this podcast that movies don't do like it's not that hard to give you a sense of who these people are but then that first night at the restaurant just goes so terribly and it, it looks like chaotic like they do a good job of shooting it and I'm like wow managing like I've never even really put that much thought into like what goes into managing a restaurant this is like one of the areas I thought they could have distinguished themselves from Chef in an interesting way. It's like Chef's just about a couple people in a food truck making really good food. Here, like, here, it's, what? what? Oh, no, I, I don't know. I, I think well, Chef was a little deeper than, than just that. I, I, I'd No, it was really, deeper, but really I mean, like, as far chef, as, like, like, the making of the food, like, I it's thought a, they it's did a, a really good job in Chef of, no, in they the did. kitchen and otherwise. Well, no, more, no, they did in Chef. Like, well, yes, the kitchen at the beginning of Chef's, like, its own thing, and they established that, but I mean, like, the... The majority of the movie, it's it's about th- three yeah. people. Like, yeah, it's it just is. not that complicated to have three people in a food truck sure. making food. Like I like watching them do it, but this is just its own thing in a way they could distinguish it in that you have like a kitchen with like 25 people running around, and we're told it goes terribly the first time, and then like he gets really mad, and then they come back and they he, and it he, seems you're saying it seems like they did the same. It seems like it was shot the same way, but it was then they're saying it was good. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. I want to know what what changed. Sure. And like they they show Sienna Miller coming in, being like, "Well, you need to diversify your menu," which is fine. Like they they had kind of set up how he was a little stuck in the past. He hadn't been in the game the last few years, and maybe didn't know all the best methods and dishes and stuff. But also, it's like it's so chaotic. You're trying to run a kitchen with like 25 people. Why not? Like you already introduced all these characters in somewhat interesting ways. Why not like show what their duties are within the kitchen and what they're what they each of them are having to do better at? I mean, like I did think it was kind of interesting. They're talking about how these people are rushing a little bit and they need to pay more attention to the quality of the food than like the timeliness, and that's going to ultimately matter more. Which that was fine, but it's like, what are their actual result? Like he yells at them for like neglecting a dish for like two seconds, and that's like the extent we find about what those people's roles are within the kitchen it's like you have all these interesting characters and you mentioned that david guy this young guy that he kind of recruits away from some uh street side restaurant in the of the movie and they have a nice scene and then at the end of the movie when um when bradley cooper has been out of commission for a uh, for a reason that um for for like a day but then they he's expecting the place to have fallen apart without him and then he comes back and he's like oh no we got back up and running he's like well how'd you do that it's like well david did you trained him well it's like well, we didn't see any of that it's like so. Maybe you take a little time away from, or just like I said, add some time on. Cut yeah, it was out a the pretty short movie. It was cut, like yeah, it was an half. hour and forty-five, I think. And so you could have added fifteen, twenty minutes of them just kind of explaining like what went into getting that kitchen to go from being the disorganized mess we're told it was to being like the well organized, what the well-oiled machine that then we're told it is again. Like you could have just that. That's just like it would have been something interesting because they they give you a lot of these food shots, um, which is fine. Like I get that's going to be a part of any movie about food. You just have these sequ- these montages or sequences where you see a lot of food being made but like i would have liked to have seen like these specific characters um developed even further and just like how they kind of uh how they go from like being these people that he recruits and we get to know a little about them and then like what what it is that they do that like really goes into the whole thing because he's like he's adamant that he needs each of these people like he offers to triple the salary of sienna miller's character he offer he tells the other guy like he's like begging him to come i need you to work for free promise you'll do that i'll pay you in food and then he's goes and he needs to get this other guy out of jail like he wants why does he need him so badly like he's in jail like why does he want this guy that's in jail so badly what is redeeming about him and like he seems like an interesting dude but we don't actually get to see why he's worthwhile in the kitchen yeah i agree (laughs) um do you have do, do you have anything else to add on this um 
No, I mean, I thought the stuff with uh, Alicia Vikander was kind of just random. I mean, I understand it, but I, I guess I just kind of expected her character to be in it more. She's or, been really I, busy. I would have seen. I would have <laughs> liked to see more stuff with um, him and and uh, his chef that died. That like that he first got his lessons from and everything. Well, it is Alicia Vikander's father? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we, I guess we could have had a, a flashback scene or something like that. But I mean, I guess they they decided they didn't want to have a flashback scene in the movie, so they try and tell you as much as they could because it, it's obvious that this early part of his life that they refer to a lot. He's working for a chef called Jean Luc, yeah. who gives him his start and uh, in Paris, I, I think, and that's the kitchen he starts out at. That's where he meets the Matthew Reese character, and that's just like it was a very, very um, important time in his life that really shaped who he was. So I get that they want to find some way to convey something about that, and I guess they figured let's have a couple scenes where he let's have him talk about John Luke some, and let's bring in his daughter as like a former love interest who also apparently went off the rails like he did at one point, and maybe yeah. because of him, we don't exactly know why. They don't need to tell us everything about that, but I get that, like, just saying he wanted you to have his knives. There may be, like you said, like, they could have maybe informed us a little bit more as to, like, why this guy was so important to him. And, like, I, I wasn't, like, put off by the Alicia Vikander thing no, like no, I was no. with the Daniel Bruhl because, like, she's a really good actress. And they probably only had, they probably were like, well, we really want her because, like, for whatever reason, like, everybody cast her in their movie this year despite the fact that no one knew who she was. 12 months ago so like but they, so they must have like known she's really good and it's like well if we can get her for two scenes we'll try and make them worthwhile and like she was fine in them but it's just weird that you have an actress like that come in to not do yeah. much but like i said it's you had uma thurman in there for like three lines so i guess they just like were like oh whatever we'll get a bunch of names and hopefully like that'll make people show up to the box office but like when you get like really bad reviews like that's not going to do you much i guess yeah yeah i i just i expected i think the movie deserves a little more credit for for being light and in comedic and and I don't know it I, like it I saw some, I saw some reviews that were saying the they should have just like gone straight comedy and like I'm like I respect movies that can like find a way to like have dramatic moments that like have an impact on you but can find laughs within it like I don't know why exactly some people were saying that like this would have been great as a comedy it's like whatever like yeah, they made us laugh a few times that. and that's impressive and they still had some affecting scenes and. I don't. I don't know. This is. It's just kind of funny because like the last couple of podcasts we've done, we've like shit on movies that were like ninety three percent around tomatoes, and here we are like really perplexed as to why the one that's at twenty nine is at twenty nine. But I don't know. Like I think we got a lot more out of this movie than we were expecting to. So that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, and I guess two two other things I wanted to talk about was yeah. the first was um, so Bradley Cooper's character kind of puts himself in this like self jail for three years, mm-hmm. and he decides to go to Louisiana and shuck a million oysters as his penance and I, I don't know i thought it was just a little detail but i thought it was i thought it was cool he has a little notebook he goes in every day he counts how many oysters he writes it in his notebook and he goes home and i don't know i thought it was a nice little touch tells you something about him without really having to spend a lot of time yeah it was doing two it. minutes and, yeah. and and i learned a lot and uh, i guess the second thing was and there's like a big twist that we didn't we're not really talking about but i i enjoyed that a lot and i think that it was well received and i think the way the character reacted to it was appropriate was appropriate and and informative and and helped the his evolving mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know yeah i mean yeah you'll you if you guys go see this movie after this you'll know what we're talking about but we don't want to we don't want to give it away but it 
um, yeah, it was really appropriate the way um, Bradley Cooper reacts to that, and that and it gives us a, a really good scene with um, the really probably the best scene in the movie with Matthew Reese. Even though, like we said, we enjoyed everything he got to do there, and we're happy that he got, actually had to do more than we expected. But it kind of they kind of like they follow it up really well, and um, the I guess sometimes movies kind of tail off at the end; they're not really sure how to end. And I don't know. I thought I thought this was fairly appropriate with how they kind of went about it. Um, I, I, I liked it. I, we're we're going to get the Mississippi grind in a minute, but like I've, I don't know, I felt a little more satisfied at the end, I'd say. Yeah, no, I felt more satisfied with this movie than Mississippi grind for sure. Do you think, well, do you think, I mean, I don't know if this is a better question to ask. I mean, I guess, do, do you have anything else to add on burn or can this be like our transition? No, no, I think it's a good time to transition. Okay, if you, yeah. if you have a light weekend and you don't know what to see and nothing's out before... Well, we're about to have a bunch of movies. Yeah, if you if you don't want, right. want to see anything before Spectre and you're bored on a Tuesday at lunch, go yeah. see this movie and go back to work and and you'll be fine. Definitely. Um, but but um, do we need to like take a little break now? And yeah, yeah. If, we'll you, just, if, if you don't really give a crap about Mississippi Grind, you can tune out now. But we'll give you a few. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll stop talking for a few seconds, or if yeah. you just don't want to have it, listen to anything at all before you see it. Yep. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Um, I kind of mentioned it at the end of the segment talking about Burnt, but uh, I think we were, like I said, we were both expecting to kind of hate Burnt and had really high hopes for Mississippi Grind because it's subject matter that uh, both of us are fairly interested in and got really good reviews. It um, is kind of a smaller indie, so it didn't have the widest of releases, but uh, and that's why we ended up watching it on demand as opposed to at a theater. But we... Uh, we it was like I think it's like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So like, how much of this do you think is your expectations for like how you feel about both of these movies? Because this is something where like I, I mean we we didn't think Mississippi Grind was like twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes bad, but like we probably enjoyed Burnt a little more. And how much of that do you think is just like the expectations versus the ex- actual quality of the film? Because like we went in with very specific expectations for each set of films. Yeah, I think expectations is a big part of it, but I. I don't know. I, I really like Ryan Reynolds and I really like Ben Mendelsohn and I really like gambling and so I don't I just the idea of that. I mean, I guess watching the movie, the storyline is yeah, you can give the synopsis for this sort one. of a little different than what you might expect from watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um so basically it's Ben Mendelsohn plays this guy named Jerry who's just this old guy living in Iowa, not really much going on for him. He's divorced, he has a kid. Um, so, you know, kind of opens and he's at a poker table at a, in Iowa, whatever. And Ryan Reynolds character comes in and really livens things up. And I think it was kind of, um, what do you say? Uh, I think they did, they sort of made the scene like boring until Ryan Reynolds came up to sort of just show like Iowa, like this is his life. He's just going very Mm -hmm. routine and he knows these other people he's playing poker with and Ryan Reynolds comes in and. So they're all sitting at this poker table, and the waitress comes over and says, does anyone want to drink? One guy's like, yeah, like, give me a gin and tonic. Guy's like, give me a bourbon, whatever. And uh, as soon as uh, Ben Mendelsohn says, give me a bourbon, Ryan Reynolds says, bourbon. And he says, give me a Woodward. And it just... Woodford. Woodford, <laughs> sorry. And uh, it just kind of takes takes off from there, and basically these two guys become friends, and they're not really the type that you would imagine are friends. And sort of, they just... You find out that Jerry has a bad gambling habit and has a lot of debt, and he thinks that Ron Reynolds' character is like a good luck charm for him because whenever he's been around in like the five different scenes or gambling things they have going on, he wins and he has really good luck. 
And so what happens is they basically go on this journey, which Ryan Reynolds character says they're going down to New Orleans to um, play in this big $25,000 buy-in poker tournament. And Brian Reynolds says he'll stake uh, Ben Mendelsohn some money so that they can, on their way down, they're going to go through Mississippi and Arkansas and all these places to get Tennessee, Tennessee to, to, to play, to play poker and get up from like $2,000 to $25,000 to play in this tournament. And so while it's pretty obvious, like during the movie that Jerry is a self-destructive guy, it sort of reveals as the movie goes on that Ryan Reynolds might be even more fucked up than Ben Mendelsohn is. And, I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting character dynamic, but I guess the difference between this one was I just didn't feel as satisfied in, at the end of it than than burnt. You know, like I said, I, 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 there was a part of the ending I would have liked. I almost would have liked you to have taken like twenty five minutes out of the middle of the movie and just like almost added it on to the end. Um, the kind of what I what I was thinking was like I mean a lot of it's just them sitting in a car and I think I felt like the movie felt wanted you to like and while I like their performances I, th- I felt like the movie wanted you to just be more engaged by the folksy tone and the music and just be happy to be hanging out with these guys in a car but like nothing they were saying was really engaging me that much and while they're in the cars like I couldn't tell you what most of these conversations were about you aside from the fact that like he's a, they found out he has a daughter and he talks about that for a little bit and like I, I kept I thought about like I was thinking about like there's a lot of examples of road trip movies that maybe pull this off better. And the one I've seen this year, which you haven't gotten around to yet is the end of the tour with Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg, uh, the movie about David Foster Wallace. And like that movie was just like an example of two characters hanging out, which really, uh, kind of engaged me a lot more. And they had a lot of compelling conversation. And I would have thought with this movie, like that first scene was probably my favorite scene in the movie at the table with the Woodford and, whatever like I, I wanted more scenes like that like I I guess that's maybe my fault for just like expecting a movie that wasn't the movie that the filmmakers had wanted to make so it talk, goes back to more of our expectation thing but like it wasn't just my expectation though once I the movie started like yes I wanted a movie about a lot of gambling but then the gambling scene they show me is like far more interesting than like anything else they decided to show me for the rest of the movie and that's kind of like I was like I just want more of that I don't I mean you don't need to be you don't have to show me an hour and 50 minute game of poker but like I need something that's a little more fun to look at when you're uh, fun to watch when you're not at the gambling table, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. There's just a lot of uh, exposition in this movie that is just sort of there to spend time with the characters where you're not really learning anything because you know that Jerry is self-destructive and he has a gambling problem. And Well, I feel like if you're going to spend that much time on exposition, like I would have liked to have known a little bit more about Curtis. Like yeah, but I, I, think that's, I think that's part of the story. Though, you think it's purposeful? That, that, like, yeah, yeah, I think that's sort of how it is because you don't really... He's sort of mysterious, right? And I, I think that's the part that Jerry is really attracted to as they're, as they're driving down in New Orleans. Yeah, like I don't need to know everything about where he came from, but like... And I get that, like, it's an interesting dynamic, like, just alone that like i mean jerry's kind of like a degenerate and he can't help himself with the gambling and like curtis likes it but he just likes to do it for fun like well i i I don't know if i agree with that though yeah because i think that's how i felt but like as you're going through the movie it's like this dude has his own problems and like he's betting i think he's almost betting on jerry to be just another like sad sack loser that he hangs out with for a couple days and gets rid of because like when they're when they're with sienna miller and she's like, oh, did you buy him a Woodford again? Like someone, like some, there was some other guy, like George or something. And he's like, no, like this guy's different. And I, I, I think it's pretty interesting. And, and there are a couple other scenes with Ryan Reynolds being like, 
super self-destructive and showing that he has his own problems at like the basketball court. So do you um, think he like? Do you think he just likes hanging out with people he thinks are sad sacks to make himself feel better about himself? Like I kind of yeah, thought about that. Like I was just like, why does he want to spend so much time with this guy? Like, is he just amused by him? And he just like I'm. I don't need to know exactly what his day to day life is outside of this movie, but it's like. He just goes around from place to place and looks for people to hang out with. There, like, is that are we supposed to just be completely content with that? Like, like I said, I don't need a whole backstory on him, but like, I want to know a little bit more about like what. I, and, I, and I hate to keep harping on like character motivation, but it's like why why does he want to go on a road trip with this guy? And like, why does he want to keep spotting him money? Like, what does he what does he get from this? And what what did you think he was getting? Well, from it? I guess one thing is he says. Uh, so there, there's one scene where they're at, they're at this bar and they're just drinking bourbon. And there's some like old biker guys behind him, and they're playing pool. And Ryan Reynolds says to Ben Mendelsohn, "Like, do you play pool?" And he says, uh, "I used to." So then Ryan Reynolds turns to the biker guy and says, hundred dollars that my friend can beat you in pool." And Ben Mendelsohn is like, "What?" And then the guy's like, "All right, you're on." And Ben Mendelsohn is like, "Well, if if I lose, you're losing a hundred dollars." He said, "No, brother, that's that's entertainment." Well, I know that's how your that that echoes your feelings on gambling. Sure, but I. I I mean, I think that he kinda, he just likes being entertained. And he I finds think he like a source of amusement from this guy. And okay. I think that I think that their friendship was plausible. I think that it was. At, you wouldn't think so, but when you're with the characters, I think that it, like I think that they actually were friends. I don't think they weren't ever lying to each other about about how like that I want to be your friend. They weren't using each other like that. Yeah, I mean, I I I bought that like they might like spending time with each other. I guess I just didn't quite. Like it wasn't even all like him game like, like paying a hundred dollars to someone to watch him lose in pool. Like yeah, like, I guess that's kind of funny. But like I got to a certain point where he's like investing so much money in this guy. Like two grand. I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know. Like I was just like I, I want to know a little bit more about like where he's coming from because it's like I can't exactly see what the appeal is of this at a certain point and just like like schlep schlepping this guy along the Missouri Valley. Like at a certain point, I'm just like. Eh. Like I'm, I'm, and then like, and like I said, like part of it was that, and part of it for me was like I just wanted, if you're not gonna like have more compelling conversation within that, like give me a few more of those like poker feel good scenes. poker, like them moments, just cracking yeah. wise and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. I just, I don't know. I guess more the more the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm kind of seeing more things that I liked or that were okay. I liked, I did like. I mean, even though like I was like, why, why does he keep sticking with Ben Mendelsohn? I kind of enjoyed. Ben Mendelsohn like slowly became like like at first you're just like wow this guy's a degenerate but then you're also like wow he's kind of a piece of shit like he <laughs> he he's like lying and like losing money lying and then trying to steal money from his ex wife and like and, but he's very he, he kind of hides any kind of guilt he's feeling about it a lot and it's like wow this guy's just kind of like has no problem like just going from person to person and like trying to trying to screw them over and really doesn't seem to have too many qualms about it. If he does, he's not showing it, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think um, Ryan Reynolds' character alludes to it in the movie. He says, like, do you think that money would set you free or that winning would set you free? And Ben Mendelsohn is like, like isn't that what it's all about kind of thing? And, and that gets it. Um, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, go ahead. I was go just going to say, like, that, that that's the thing I wish they would have maybe focused a little more on at the end was, like, maybe cut out some of this fat in the middle of the movie and add in something about, like – after he does get come into a little more money, you can kind of tell he's not. It's, he he, re, he kind of realizes it's not going to fix him, 
and like yeah, maybe maybe maybe, maybe yeah and maybe like have more like i don't know how you get to a very exciting ending if you do if you focus more on that going forward but i was really interested as to he spent so much of his life just thinking if i can just win it big and gamble my way into like a, a fortune like everything will be okay and ex- having some kind of examination about how that money's not going to necessarily make you happy would have been, a, been been something more worthwhile to me than some of the some of what the middle of the movie was sure sure i hear that but i guess the journey down there is sort of him realizing it right because he's going down there and then he's getting calls from um the lady he owes money to right and it's like where are you or from his work like you haven't been at work in three days or this hitman that i sent to get money from you is looking for you like his work was like hey that guy some guy named tim is looking for you and the lady had said I'm going to send Tim after you. And then, so he's going down and, and right. And he goes in and he goes to his ex-wife's house and he thinks everything's going to be like, okay. Like that, Oh, she'll see me and she'll be happy to see me, but it's the opposite. And I think that him going to see his ex-wife and seeing that he's cut out of the picture with his daughter on the wall and then winning all this money. And he just realizes that you're right. Like this money isn't going to fix it, even though he thought that. And I think that, that bounces off sort of what Ryan Reynolds' character was not not trying to like teach him, but sort of like Ryan Reynolds' character sort of knows that already. I think, which is the interesting part. I guess that's why he's a little more nonchalant about the money thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so I mean, then at the end, like they win like a half a million dollars each playing um, craps, and uh, and and he ended up he ends up just leaving. And I think he. I think he doesn't go back to Iowa. That's how I interpret it. I think he just leaves and he takes the money and he's sort of starting over because he realizes all this, all these things in his past are not going to be able to be fixed by money and he just sort of has to start a new, a new journey. Yeah, and it's it'd be an interesting place to leave a character for like the season finale of a TV show, but it's like and <laughs> but. I, I, I did, it's just when I leave that when I leave your movie thinking like I would rather see the sequel to this than what I just watched or I'd rather see the first 30 minutes of the sequel to this than like the, the body of your movie then I think that's a little problematic and and that kind of also gets at what, what, I, what else I want to ask you because a large part of this movie maybe just a good chunk of it I don't want to say a large part but it was, it was about them hanging out with these two female characters mm-hmm. and how did you feel about that and the time that we spent with them and one of them is played by Sienna Miller who's kind of a a love interest to uh, to Ryan Reynolds' character, and another one played by Annalee Tipton, who you might know as the babysitter from Crazy Stupid Love, or um, she was the she was the girlfriend of the rival prostitute in season three of Hung, and those are the only two things I've ever I've ever, I've ever really seen her in. And the, but like they kind of play a prominent part in the movie for a little bit. And uh, how did you did you feel like they were used okay? Like I get that these aren't the main characters; you don't have to fully develop them. But did you think that the ways in which they were used added to the movie? I th- I, I I think I liked the scene with Annalie Tipton and um, Ben Mendelsohn, mm-hmm. and I think that was pretty. I mean, not very new to to prostitutes or to old guys who have money problems per, or gambling characters per se. But I thought it was it was a good scene. It was well acted, it, yeah. Yeah, it was well acted and it was it was good, good uh, well put together with the piano and secret talents and magic tricks and little, you know, just the little details. I thought I thought that was good. Um I thought the stuff with Sienna Miller was I don't know. What was it? Like that was I, well, like, I agree with you. I like that scene and I was I like, thought wow, this was... makes her character worthwhile, but like I wasn't sure what she was there to accomplish other than like kind of ask ask 
ask Curtis questions and like tell us more about Curtis. And yeah. I didn't know if they could have done a little more with that. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't know. I thought their their sort of dynamic was interesting and like when he was like, all right, I want to go, I want to take you on a vacation, we're finally going to like, because I guess he would always promise her like they were going to go to Peru, but then they would never go, and it's gotten to the point where she doesn't expect it, even when he says like, he calls her in the middle of the night and says we're going to go to Peru, like she just says okay, and like whatever, and I thought it was going to be okay, but then at the end it sort of was, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds' character sort of blew that for me, like, I don't know, what it, what Nothing really happened. She was just there as like a female. Yeah, interest we, we talked about how like we think she's a good actress and we should she should be given more to do. And yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know why she they didn't really give her more here. And I thought that they and I guess that was my thing. It's like even if you're not gonna like try and tell us a lot more about her, if you're she's just gonna be there to kind of like ask Curtis questions. Like I had a little bit more problem than you did with them not like telling us at least a little more about him and. Like she kind of at, like you kind of talked about how she was asking him a little bit about Jerry, and that told us a little bit about what he thought about him. But I would have liked to have just found found out a little bit more about that guy. And if that's how you want to use her, then maybe just write the script a little bit more differently in a way that will give us a little bit more information about him. I guess. Yeah, and especially with the random, the random like ending with Ryan Reynolds and his mom at, at the I forgot bar. About that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. It was. I don't even know why I was there. To I, guess, be honest. I guess. I guess that was. I guess that was another attempt. I guess at doing. Yeah, what, it was an attempt. Yeah, trying yeah. to tell you a little more about him, and I guess it just wasn't that well executed. Because, like I said, I forgot about it until you just mentioned it. Like it just did not leave. It. It, it just wasn't the. It wasn't written in a way that like really told you a lot of interesting stuff and about him. And I guess they. So they really tried to do all the stuff that I was asking them to do. I suppose now that I think about it, whether it be his scenes with Sienna Miller or with his mom, but I just, I, I didn't get enough out of it, I guess, that made me care more about him, I'd say. Yeah, and it's just like, wait, why is why is this guy so self-destructive? And you sort of understand why by why Jerry is. And Ryan Reynolds' character is sort of like, well, cause I guess if you wanted to, you could turn your life around and he just chooses not to, I guess. And I guess also because like Jerry's more of your traditional degenerate gambler. Sure. And like, you can infer a ton about that. Like, mm-hmm. you just know, like, I mean... I don't know degenerate gamblers, but I know people who gamble and I, I kind of get like, I don't know. I know, I guess I know a little bit. I, I know enough about gambling where it's like, if that's, if that's the guy's main, uh, weakness, like I can understand what he's, what he's going through. And, uh, maybe, uh, and, and that's just, that's kind of a disease. Like it, it's like an addiction, I guess you could say. It is. And it's a, and like you're saying, it's addiction and it's, addiction is self-destructing, but Curtis is self-destructing, but we don't really exactly know why. And, whether or not you, like some people might feel the need to know why m- less than I did, but like I wanted to know a little bit more about him, and I thought the movie could have done a better job of setting him up because, I mean, I like what Ryan Reynolds is doing. Like I want I want to talk about him a little bit, but more before we end the podcast because I think he's like a really I think he's a really interesting actor just with like the movies he chooses and like how he's so hit or miss. And in the last few years, I think he's chosen a handful of parts that I thought are really interesting and. Like I, I just, it's just this had this movie had the framework to like be a much, to give him a lot more to do than I th- kind of thought it did. Even if I liked what how he handled what he was given. Yeah, I mean, I thought he played it very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was really on him to do anything different yeah, with his performance definitely. per se. Um, I mean, Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool, so <laughs> I don't really we're excited about I, that. I don't really yeah. care yeah. what I, what how else he does because Deadpool is going to be the best movie is of his career yeah and no i've seen why. and i guess this is the this is the third movie i've seen with him this year and i don't 
I guess uh, you didn't. I guess you. I, don't I didn't you see women in gold. I saw women in gold, and I saw the voices. Uh, well, in, you saw selfless too. No, you. I, I, oh, you didn't I, see I was selfless. Like, nah, I'm good. Oh, okay. You invited me to see it over the summer. I'm like, nah. It was okay. Selfless was much better than twenty percent for okay. sure. Okay. Well, I, I just did not feel the need to go, and so I guess we've seen every. He's done a. He's had a busy year, I guess, and we've seen we've seen most of it, and you you coming off a very poor run before this year. If you just kind of look up and down of the stuff he did. Um, but like I saw the voices, which was in kind of another study about not necessarily self-destructiveness, but more mental illness. And he had a very, just a completely different character from anyone I've ever seen him play there. And a guy that has a mental illness and is very self-destructive, but you kind of totally bought him turning into that person. And Woman in Gold didn't really get that well reviewed by the critics, but I, I like to joke that like it was about it was about the Jews indirectly getting back at the Nazis. So a Jew like me is I guess going to be predisposed to liking it. But he played a lawyer that is the kind of the main guy that facilitates recovering a bunch of stolen Nazi stolen not art that Nazis stole from the Jews during at the beginning of the Holocaust. And I thought it was an interesting performance that let him sh- like let him show like a side of him that maybe isn't in the your what you would think of when you think of a typical Ryan Reynolds performance. So. I like that he's probably picking better roles, I'd say now, even if, like, I don't know, like, I think, I guess you said he was, Deadpool something he'd been trying to get done for a while, oh my so God, yeah. it wasn't like something that just happened all of a sudden, and we're just happy that that finally got done, so. Yeah, I mean, like, Green Lanterns, <laughs> Green Lantern is one of the worst movies ever, <laughs> R.I.P.D. is one of the worst movies ever, um, but... Yeah. What what is it? What is it that like would you say like made him a, like made him like a star even if he hasn't like had like a hit movie like we think Deadpool is gonna be like what do you um, think it was that really like kind of shot him into that like I'm not really the proposal sure. made 160 million dollars and what year was proposal that was in uh, the proposal was 2009 oh I, like uh, I mean the first like big People, thing I saw him in was Harold and Kumar and then Just Friends and he was fantastic in both of those movies so I, I guess I haven't seen Harold and Kumar in a while I forgot and Waiting he was in Waiting right, he was right, the star right, of that right. yeah I mean so those weren't big budget movies but I guess he just like made, was able to make a name for himself I, I like Definitely Maybe Okay and um, I mean he was in Adventureland, Adventureland before the proposal I really like Adventureland he was, he was a good random part of that movie like it was a part of that Adventureland that like could have easily been extraneous but like he was good enough in it that like it was worth having yeah, they ruined him in in Wolverine or in, uh, Origins, and was that the movie where like his like yes, f- yeah, face was shown shut yeah, they, for some yeah, reason? They, like yeah, they were that's the complete opposite of Deadpool. They really fucked that. The up. complete opposite of like what Ryan Reynolds' strength is as an actor. Yeah. You want him out there saying smart ass things. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know. I I really hated um, the safe or sorry the change up. I liked the safe house. I did um, so I don't know. Uh-huh. He's he's an interesting actor because he just he just. He just did a bunch of random stuff throughout his 30s, and I mean, he's I think he's going to turn 40 soon, and hopefully, Deadpool like is a movie that like will be a big hit and give him be the movie that's like the one that like allows him to go maybe do some more other interesting stuff besides superhero movies. And like, if we like Deadpool as much as we think we're going to like Deadpool, we'll obviously want him to make more of those too. But like, I think he has a lot more range than like someone that just like thinks of when they just think Ryan Reynolds because he's had a lot of duds at the same time. Is he a movie star? Is Ryan Reynolds a movie star? Like. Who's who's more of a movie star, him or Bradley Cooper? Oh, Bradley I thought you were Cooper? making a joke about no, Bill no, Simmons. No, 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 I was just asking. Do you remember when Bill Simmons wrote yeah, that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, is Ryan Reynolds a thing? And 
I don't know. Like, I mean, is he compared to uh, Bradley Cooper? I mean, mm-hmm. I think Bradley Cooper is more of a movie star at this point. I mean, he had like American Sniper is a freaking huge hit. Like, even if like you didn't love it and like I liked it more than you, but still thought it had problems. Like, that was just a massive hit for like a, a rated R movie to make as much money as it did if the January release is like that. Just kind of like he'd already been nominated for two Oscars before then and had a pretty. You don't see his face in it, but he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. So like. He has, like, a... I mean, he's... I'd say he's more accomplished, but, like, I don't think Ryan Reynolds lacks the potential to be somewhere near that good. It's just he hasn't quite picked the right roles, and Bradley Cooper's picked some stinkers, too, but just picked some, picked some more winners. Yeah, I guess that's that's an interesting interesting uh, comparison between the two, because, I mean, Cooper's made some bad movies, as uh, like, just as bad as some of... Especially, you know, like, what's funny is, that, like, it's not even like he went through a period of bad movies. It's like... He's made some bad movies, like within this amazing stretch he's had the last five years of his career. Like just this year, we mentioned Serena had Aloha, which is like Aloha, it's the best terrible. worst movie and ever. I guess yeah. I mean that's that's one way to put it. But like he's had that, and he had Serena, and then he. I mean, like we, even though we like Burnt, like it's not a good one for him, just based on the just based on the overall reaction. And I don't think it's gonna really do that much at the box office either but then he's he's going to be in joy at the end of the year which i'm i'm into I'm, I'm a little more excited for than you but like and he's definitely more of a supporting guy than that and a lead guy but he it's still an opportunity he has to kind of like redeem himself and he went back and did wet hot american summer this year too which was pretty great uh, that someone like him would even like bother to go back and mess with something like wet hot american summer so it's been hit or miss for him just like it's been hit or miss for ryan reynolds but i just think he's he's hit more recently yeah and, and I and I and I also while we're just kind of talking about just general actors before while, as we wind this down, like I think hopefully people that anyone that does bother to go see Mississippi Grind, like I said, it's not getting a wide release, but you can get it on iTunes and Amazon at this point. I think, like I hope Ben Mendelsohn kind of starts getting a little more shine. It's kind of weird because I've never really seen him in anything besides Bloodline, which I watched this summer and he was the best part of, and. He was in the he he was in the the better half of the place beyond the pines like Robin Banks and stuff with Cooper Ryan Gosling. Was in that too. Yeah, and Bradley Cooper wasn't. And Bradley Cooper was good in that, even if the half of the movie that he was the focus on of wasn't as good. Like he was still really good in that, and that's one of the examples on he's done that was really good the last few years. But I thought that um, like Ben Mendelsohn's probably going to blow up too because he's going to be in the next Star Wars spinoff. I next think year. he's gotten. I mean, he played. He was. Not that, pe- not that people aren't giving him his due, because like everyone like really liked what he did in Bloodline, but like I just want him to get more cool stuff to do, because I don't think he's done a ton of. I he's forty six years well, old. Well, he was in Dark Knight Rises. He played John Daggett. Right, right, right. And right. then he was also in. Um, I didn't see Exodus, but he was in Exodus. Mm. Um, and this, so I mean, he he's been in some. I mean, he was in Killing Them Softly with David or, or no, he was in Killing Them Softly in two thousand twelve, same year as Dark Knight Rises. So. Yeah, I, 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 I hope he gets more stuff to do because he's definitely hit it big like later than most actors do in their career. So I'd just like I'd like to see him get do more cool stuff because I think he's like, yeah, has a very no, natural, like interesting screen presence. Yeah. I like him a lot. So, um, you know, if you're bored at home, don't want to go see a movie this week, then you can watch Mississippi Grind on on from the comfort of your own couch. But um, I would do it before Thursday because next weekend is going to be pretty huge. Um, yeah, I think the next what, like five or six weeks is pretty stacked, which is kind of ironic so. for us because like I think we have a lot of stuff we want to see and talk about as and we are law students who are coming down the stretch of the law school semester who have like, exams to study for and papers to write, but we're dedicated and we're gonna come right back at you and I think we're gonna try and do I think I, I want to try and do two podcasts in the next week. I think like you said, like these were two movies about like self-destructive people and they were kind of good to pair together and I what, what we, I think we're gonna try and do maybe is find a time to see truth. 
movie about Dan Rather and his downfall at CBS, but then Spotlight, which is kind of the best picture front runner. Uh, we we're, we're like we're like big shots now. We get to go to an advanced screening of it one yeah. day before it comes out. So we're we're riding high with that. So those are two journalism movies that I think would be cool to pair together. And then uh, next weekend, I think Spectre. Spectre comes out, which is one of the biggest, I mean, as outside of Star Wars, probably the biggest commercial thing of the fall to come out. And then I think Room is coming here too, which is another one that's like one of the most critically adored movies so far on the festival circuit. So maybe we can kind of combine those two as one just being one that's like a commercial hit and one that's like a critical hit. So I think those are the next four on our list. So we want to try and keep coming at you guys with um, some more podcasts now that we actually have some really good movies coming out we've kind of been hit or miss yeah the last some movies weeks. that you guys will probably be seeing <laughs> and actually be excited to see rather than just like hear us blabber on about it and then tell you give you a lukewarm recommendation yeah. i think we're gonna be more enthusiastic about these coming up so i'm excited about that yeah so uh, thanks for listening if you guys want to find me on twitter at a clambake a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e and I'm Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. And so our producer's on vacation, so we might be a day or two late on the um, on the podcast coming out, but we'll, we'll, we'll be back with a bunch next week with uh, Spotlight Inspector. Thanks for listening, guys.